0: Today on episode number 468 of the School of Podcasting's morning announcements, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com 468, we've got a lot of podcasting news, we've got some great insights into who exactly is listening to podcasts, and we're going to meet a podcaster who had a sponsor before he even recorded an episode. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson Podcasting since 2005. I'm your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, we talk about all things podcasting, and I bring my 20-plus years of helping people understand technology. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day, like, what does that mean? That means that when I first started podcasting, I bought a script to help me find people on MySpace listen to my podcast yeah it's true me and Marcus couch and uh, so what I do is I help you massage your message I help you tackle the technology I help you flatten the learning curve and get you on the road to pain free podcasting Our website is school of podcasting.com and if you'd like to get in touch with me go out to school slash contact and if you'd like to subscribe to the show and never miss another episode, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. this is the first time you've listened, I ask you for two more. I'm kind of sometimes, somebody said I was an acquired taste. And if you uh, really don't like me by the end of that third episode, go ahead. But uh, I think if you stick around, you'll, uh, you'll get to like me. You'll like me. You'll really, really like me. In fact, I hope you like me. If you're new to the show, I normally don't do this. I don't pimp a lot of my old stuff. I do that at the end of the show, but... Uh, probably back in March, I'd mentioned about potentially testing a group coaching kind of seminar, an ongoing thing. And I called it the caster mind. And if you're interested in this, here's the deal. I have a lot of ideas of what I want to do with this. And so I'm going to test drive it with three people. I have one already. So technically I'm testing this with two more people. Now, I may expand on this on the future, but I want to make sure it's what I think it's going to be. And so we're going to meet once a month on a Tuesday night for about an hour, and we're going to talk about where we are, where we want to be. We're going to talk strategies. We're going to talk about measuring our progress, sharing what works and what does not. And uh, I'm running right now this promotion through Joyride. So if you go to castermind.com, that'll take you right to that. And the reason I'm doing this super small is, and oh also if you're like, well, how much is it? It's 50 bucks. A lot of people are charging thousands of dollars for a caster mine. This is a very small caster mine. Again, it's only for one hour a month. Plus you'll be uh, inducted, I guess. You'll have access to a private Slack group. Slack is a uh, kind of a private Facebook group software. And again, I'm just testing the waters on this. So if you can't, this Tuesday night, probably eight, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If you're interested in that, Go to CasterMind.com, but once those seats are gone, I may open it up for more in the future, but I got to make sure that what I'm delivering is quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's some fun stuff. Uh, We talk, again, about all things podcasting, and I realize that many of you just want to have podcasting for fun, and that's fine. Today, we're going to talk about sponsorship a little bit, but by all means, you do not have to make money with your podcast Uh, Today, we're going to talk with Kale, who's one of his hobbies is amateur radio. And I'm sure when he put out, you know, a couple hundred bucks for his equipment or whatever he did, nobody said, hey, Kale, you're making money with that uh, ham radio? We're allowed to have hobbies. So I have some things here about this. But here's when you are making your media kit, here's a great stat. And uh, this is from uh, a website, digiday.com. And again, if you just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 468, I've got links to all these. You may or may not have heard of the podcast Serial. And uh, in this article, it says 81%, 81% of Serial's listeners between October and December correctly recalled a season one sponsor. And almost all of them knew it was MailChimp and that it was an email marketing service. And in fact, they knew what it does. 81%. I watched, what did I watch last night on TV? It wasn't very good. America's Got Talent. And I can't, I'm sure I saw a bunch of drug commercials because that's all they do in America now is try to, you know, they, they either, either A, it's commercials for food that make you fat or drugs that will help you lose the fat. I couldn't name one though. So that was pretty interesting. And that's a great stat for, if you're trying to make a media kit for your podcast, Uh, that is one you might want to tuck in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also pays. Now, this is interesting. This is from a website called, I guess it's The All, T-H-E-A-L-W.com, stated that when it comes to podcast advertising, they were using uh, stats from Midroll, Midroll Midroll.com. It's a company that that sells ads for for big name podcasts. But they said that um, the Midroll's ads, integrative, Uh, native and often host red spots are hugely effective compared to most internet advertising. Uh, So businesses pay good money for them. Podcasts, which tend to run one or two ads uh, before the show and two or three ads during the show, can earn around $300 uh, per ad. Now, when I think about that, they said two at the beginning and two or three, that's four ads. $300 per ad? They didn't say per episode. They said per ad. That's 1200 bucks an episode. Now, what's the caveat? They got to average at least 10,000 listeners, which is probably less than 8% of all people in podcasting. Uh, I'm guessing that number. But nonetheless, uh, that's not everybody. Now, for the uber, uber, cream of the crop circle of shows with over 400,000 listeners, which is like probably a handful of people, Uh, Generally, this is the iTunes top 50, a single ad spot can net over $10,000. Now I say that as I sit here and go, and most people aren't going to get that. It's nice to know somebody's doing it though. It'd be nice if it was me, (laughs) but you know, it's like, Hey, it's kind of like when you see new technology on a Mercedes Benz and you go, well, I'll never have that. But in five to 10 years, that technology makes it in to your, you know, Tercel, or your fusion or whatever. So interesting insights into the world of uh, podcast advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if this is like American Idol or Podcast Idol, but WYNC has launched a thing called the Podcast Accelerator. That almost needs one of these. It's the... Podcast Accelerator. Now, what is it? The WNC Podcast Accelerator will give both established talent and -and up-and-coming storytellers the opportunity to pitch their big podcast idea and potentially win the chance to produce a pilot. Okay. So you get a chance to record a podcast if you win. Now, listen, there's more to this. The application period will run... Uh, basically from Monday, uh, as I record, this is the 27th. So it was um, the June 25th through July 15th. Five finalists will be paired with producers from top WNYC podcasts who will mentor and train the candidates, helping them hone their pitches. The winner gets the chance to produce a pilot episode with a WNYC producer. The podcast accelerator is open to anyone to who can attend the ONA podcast. And who is not a current employee of the NYPR? The conference is seven hundred sixty-nine dollars. So you're anyone who can go to that seven hundred sixty-nine dollar conference. You're in. Finalists, finalists, excuse me, get one complimentary o a badge apiece and benefit from a six-week virtual mentoring and training period, in which leading audio producers will help you hone your pitch, including including storylines character development, sound, texture, voice. In addition, you'll have two virtual meetups with fellow finalists, ONA's digital director and a WNYC producer to share ideas and your progress. The winner will have a chance to create one pilot episode with a WNYC producer. So it's interesting. It's a strange little kind of, things are a little gray there because I'm like, wait a minute, you have to be an ONA um, to get to that, you don't have to be a member of the ONA because that's like another $125. So it's it's interesting. But Kevin Smith on the Wolf Den, I said this, I think a couple weeks ago, said podcasting is going to turn into kind of the new grooming ground for radio and for other items. I'm uh, helping a new client just join the School of Podcasting. And his goal is to uh, maybe potentially get a radio gig. And I told him, I said, you know, uh, with podcasting, a lot of times you can get more listeners than if you were on the radio. We had uh, Jordan Harbinger on this show who had a show on Sirius Satellite Radio and said, podcasting did more for me than Sirius Satellite Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you haven't heard yet, President Barack Obama was interviewed on Mark Maron's WTF podcast. And uh, yes, the F stands for that F. And the episode set a new record for the most downloads in, in a 24 hour period at 735,000 and 735,063 downloads in one day or 30,628 downloads an hour or 510 downloads a minute. That's a whole lot of downloads. And the podcast is hosted on Libsyn. That's if you're listening to this podcast right now, I host on Libsyn. You can get a free month at Libsyn. Just use the coupon code SOP. That's kind of short for School of Podcasting. SOP free, all one word. In case you're wondering, well, who previously held the record? It was Dan Carlin who uh, does the Hardcore History Podcast and he had uh, 351,000 downloads. So they pretty much doubled it and then some. That's really interesting. And if you haven't heard that episode, I'll have, again, links to this out in the show notes, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 468- one of the best interviews of a president I've heard in a while because it just made him very human. And we talked about this on the Ask the Podcast Coach show uh, last week. It's it's kind of a bit of propaganda called just plain folks that uh, politicians do to say, look, I'm just like you. And it worked because I was like, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And the last bit of uh, podcast news here, we've talked about Apple CarPlay, and there's the Android Auto. This is where in the dashboard, you're going to have built-in technology to help you consume podcasts. And um, for the 2016 model year, Chevrolet will offer Android Auto and Apple CarPlay compatibility in more models than any automotive brand. The 14, uh, there are going to be 14 Chevrolet models, including the all-new 2016 Cruise Compact Car, Uh, That's going to debut on June 24th, which was like three days ago. Cruise is Chevrolet's best-selling passenger car with more than $3 sold since launch. And uh, I was like, wow, that's really cool because when this first came out, all the models were like BMWs and all these other ones. And again, it's technology that comes out years ago is now making its way down to uh, cars that maybe we can think about buying. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download
1: at a time.
0: I mentioned earlier about podcast media kits. Here's some great stats from Edison Research. These guys have been researching podcasting for over 10 years, and they do this one about every year. And it goes over the stats of who is listening to podcasting, and is it growing? And pretty much it's grown every single year. In fact, now they're saying that 49% of people have now heard of podcasting. Because it used to be in the past, somebody say, well, what are, you, what are your hobbies? They go, I'm into podcasting. And they go, what's a podcast? And now 49% of the people don't have to say that anymore. 33% have listened to a podcast. So that's interesting. The, half of the people have heard of it, of that, you know, roughly maybe a little more than half actually went and listened to one. And then, uh, so 33% have listened to a podcast. 17% have listened to a podcast in the last month. And the one I found interesting is they're saying listeners now are split 50, 50 men versus women, which is good. We need women podcast listeners. We need, uh, we need all listeners and we need people listening on Android. I'll have some, uh, news about that here in a second. The, uh, The smartphone, they said, was really had the biggest impact on podcast growth. And in terms of like, well, how old are the people that are listening to it? And the age group that listens the most was 20%, and that is age 25 to 34 at 17%. It was 35 to 44. And then you had three age groups at 15%, which is 45 to 54, 18 to 24, and 12 to 17. So even youngsters are now getting in. The uh, next group, 55 to 64, 12%, and then anybody over 65% uh, is at 6%. So it's not all young people. Again, that second age group, 35 to 44, 45 to 54, that takes up uh, 32%. So that's kind of interesting. 10% of Americans have listened to a podcast in the last week. That's a whole lot when you think about it. In terms of what profile... Do podcast listeners have? Top one, as you might imagine, is Facebook at 77%. Google Plus at 66%. That one doesn't surprise me because, again, there's a lot of people that first got into podcasting that were kind of geeky. And Google Plus is sometimes a little more technical. Uh, A lot of groups over there that I see. Uh, 36% Instagram, 35% LinkedIn, then Twitter. So it's kind of interesting that we go Facebook, Twitter. Google Plus, Instagram, LinkedIn are before Twitter in this particular survey, then Snapchat, I don't even have a Snapchat account, Pinterest, Vine, and Tumblr. But here's the fun thing, 60% of Americans use social media several times a day if they're listening to podcasts. Now, some of the numbers at times, you kind of go, really? For instance, uh, people who have listened to a podcast is up to, again, 33 That is up from 30% in 2014, which is, of course, a change of 3%. Now, this is, again, um, based on U.S. population. Now, 3% of the U.S. population is 9,540,000 people. As I just Googled the population of the United States, and according to Google, we have 318.9 million people. And when you say things like people listened to a podcast in the last month, only went up 2%. Well, that's only 6,360,000 people. So when they say that, you know, 10% of the population has listened to a podcast in the past week, that's 31,800,000. It's a lot of people. So when you see only 2%, that's 6,000,000 million. If you could put your finger on the corner of your mouth when you say that six million uh, people. And yeah, it'd be nice if it was 20%, not two, but that's six million people that now have listened to a podcast that didn't last year. So again, podcasting is growing. It continues to grow, has grown every year. And uh, I know when I first saw the numbers, like, really? That's all it only went up three and three percent. Is is six million nine million five hundred forty thousand people. One of the great things about podcasting, and this is something I've noticed, I have the best listeners in all of podcastingdom. Is that even a word? And you'll notice that when you get to meet your listeners, they're pretty cool. In fact, they're probably a lot like you. I've never met a listener of mine. Then I'm like, oh, it's that guy again. Oh, the here she comes, run. And so when I finally got to talk to Cale Nelson this morning, it was cool. Really super nice guy. And we talk about having passion because you're gonna have to go through some hurdles. Well, you'll hear Cale's hurdles are, well, A, he doesn't really have the internet, kinda like probably you do, which think about this. When we talk about hey, should I publish at 128 stereo or 64 mono? If it's just talk, you might want to go 64 mono because there are people like Cale that are counting every megabyte. And he's in the U.S. It times that by 100 when you get outside the U.S. And so, and what's the beautiful part about this, he, he started off his podcast with a sponsor before he even had an episode. So check this out. And oh, and did I mention he has five kids? Check it out. Here comes Kale Nelson. All right. Well, joining me via Skype, I'm really excited because I get to find out what the heck "fo Time means, but it is uh, Kale Nelson. He is the host of It's Fo Time podcast, which you can find at It'sfotime.com. He launched that a little over a year ago, about 14 months ago. He spent a decade, I'm dying to find out what this is, in non-commercial FM. And uh, I asked him on the show today because he has had a sponsor jump on the show. So, uh, Kale, thanks for
1: coming on the show, buddy. Well, Dave, thanks for having me. Great to be here. And uh, let's start off with the first. What the heck is FOTIME? time is the absolute worst name for a podcast <laughs> in history. Uh, my podcast is about amateur radio. And time is a very naughty inside joke from, a, from an internet forum I participate on with some friends. And my idea was, since we we're all avatars on this website that uh it would be an opportunity to kind of get to know each other, maybe still hiding behind our avatars, but to get a better feeling of who we're talking to every day. And uh it started out as that. So I named it. I had the artwork done and and all those things. And then some of the guys that were kind of helping me behind the scenes said, you know, Kel, you're onto something here that's probably going to be a lot bigger than just the fifty of us. <laughs> but but I'd already had everything done. So I just ran with it and i've tried to get rid of it a time or two throughout this year, and it just really didn't go away so i'm just going to leave it alone <laughs> and and just roll the punches i guess
0: that's it well I know your your tagline is the other ham radio podcast Um yep. is there another one that's like huge or something? It just seems kind of
1: well yeah there there actually there's a a good two handfuls of amateur radio podcasts and and they come from every angle and uh there's a the 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 big one is ham nation and it's a video and audio podcast sponsored by some of the the big guns in the hobby. We're all looking at this thing differently. My podcast caters to a new guy just coming into the hobby or someone that may be interested in the hobby, whereas there's others out there that just tell amateur radio operators stories or some come at it from the technology aspect. And and mine was just kind of like, hey, if you're new, come over here and listen to us kind of a thing. And I really don't know where the other ham radio podcast came from. I was looking for a tagline as I was writing out my script for my my lady that does the voice work, mm-hmm. and I just tossed it in there, and it, it really worked well, and it, it kind of gives you some credence because if there's others out there, well, here's the other one. Yeah, So it almost levels the playing field. and it, it, I actually wanted to just call it the other ham radio podcast, but photon wouldn't go away, so I've got both.
0: <laughs> I, I know in your one of your bios on one of your websites, you say you spent a decade in non-commercial FM. What is non-commercial FM?
1: Uh, Christian radio. Ah, got it. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it could be anything, but that's what it was for me. I, there was a a local f a local church in the upstate of South Carolina that started a radio station, and I was like their number one listener. I'm I'm really big into music, mm-hmm. and I'd always you know I was calling and like, hey, can we play this? Can you guys do? It? So I asked for a studio. I'd never been inside a radio studio before, and they had just gone on the air. And I, I contacted Britt Dill, guy who was starting the station, my mentor. And I said, Britt, can I get a, can I get a look? And so I walked in and he set me down at the, at the, the counter there with all the boards. And he said, before I show you anything else, would you like to be on the air? <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know, I'm just, I got a kid and I'm running a business and what? You want me to be on the radio? And it, it kind of snowballed from there. I started out doing a, a hard music show and the next thing I know, It wasn't long that I was the music director and and, uh, assistant program director. It was just a fabulous run. We built a great foundation, the station still growing, uh, but I homeschooled my kids and I was taking so much of my time to keep the station running to what I thought was, you know, amazingly efficient and and just excellence. Uh, I was kind of ignoring some things, so I had to step out and and back off. And when I did, I realized I missed my voice. I missed talking Mm. and that's. I sat around one day and I said, "You know, I, I stumbled over Ken Blanchard. Mm-hmm. God bless him, my brother from another mother." That's it. And I got to listen to Ken, and I said, "Wait a minute, I could do that." And then I heard Ken on one of your shows, and the next thing I know, I'm assi- I'm signed up for the School of Podcasting, and I'm going to do this terribly named amateur radio podcast. <laughs> so it was really Ken. It's really Ken's fault. That is Shalom, baby. Uh- <laughs> You said you have five kids.
0: Let's let's tackle that topic. Sure. You got you got five kids who are in your home because you're homeschooling. How do you podcast with five kids in the house?
1: What's what's their ages? Yeah, well, my oldest is almost twelve. Okay, and I've got a I've got a ten year old, and then I've got an eight year old, and a six year old, and a three year old. Wow. Uh, how do I do it? Is there a shed in the backyard? There actually is a barn in the backyard. I live on a farm way out in a rural <laughs> community, and. um my ham radios and everything were up in a barn. It, it was a horse barn when we came here. Now, we don't have horses, but it was kind of the uh, the tack the tack shed where they kept all the saddles and whatnot, and um, it's my kind of a getaway. It's where, that's where I podcast. I, I walk about 75 yards from the house up to the barn and lock the door. That's the, that makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to do something really quick, you know, then you got like, okay, everybody's fed, everybody's happy. Mom's over there. She's cool. i got to go to the bar and I'll be back in an hour, you know. That's it. Cell phone rings 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long have you been in uh, amateur radio? I've been licensed for almost five years, but it was something that I had wanted to do since probably my preteen years. What, what about ham radio then inspired you to start a podcast about it? The the hobby is so huge. When you come into the hobby, you, you think, well, I can buy a little walkie-talkie or handy-talkie, as they call it in the hobby. And I can talk to these other local nerdy guys and gals about back pain and if we're going to go to Bojangles or to Denny's to eat. But there's so much more to the hobby. It's it's such a vast, broad range of things to do, whether you want to talk to people on the International Space Station Uh, If you want to bounce your signals off the moon to some guy across the country or just run a wire out in your yard and talk to a a gentleman in Japan, uh, sending text messages with no infrastructure. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. I didn't realize it was that large. Now, I'd been a, a nerd my entire life or a geek, I guess, would be the better term. I worked at Radio Shack in high school and had always wanted to participate in the hobby. I've just always had a passion for radio when I came into the hobby, I got licensed and I, I started talking to people around the country and then around the world. I got to think, you know, there's probably some guys out there that don't realize just how big this is. You know, there may be folks who don't want to talk to their people in their local community, but they would like to to make contacts all over the world or, you know, they may want to have something to do in case the power were to go out and have communications that way. So I I took it upon myself to to kind of create a little niche inside of a niche inside of another niche that's a show for me, uh, the the middle-aged, you know, middle-income guy that has an interest in communications and uh, how can we figure this thing out together is really wh- where the show comes along at.
0: Now, the one thing we should talk about, the, one of the things that, uh, again, your passion for the subject pulls you through these little hurdles Tell me about your internet connection.
1: (laughs) How about the lack of? (laughs) Uh, Real quick, uh, just the other day, the uh, AT&T guy, the engineer was down this way and I stopped him. Uh, I live way out in the country. I'm 30 minutes from everywhere. So I stopped the engineer and I told him where I lived. And I said, you know, man, I can't get a T1. I can't get a DSL. I can't get anything. Do you have any idea? He said, if you're lucky, we're looking at 36 to 48 months. So what does a guy do that likes to be connected to the internet and podcast. Well, it first started out with a, an AT&T MiFi, which is a portable hotspot. And I guess I have to default to say here that AT&T is the only provider that has any signal on my farm at all. Of course, they're the carrier and the only carrier of choice, but I I get five gigs a month there, which go very, very fast. Yeah. And, uh, so it's it's really hard to podcast without internet connectivity. I don't get to watch all those great videos at the com. unfortunately. About a year ago my wife and I she started a side business and we needed some way to swipe credit cards at trade shows, so we both got these little cheap smartphones which work as a great little hotspot and they've got some gigabyte usage there as well. So right now from upstate South Carolina we're communicating through my little cheap smartphones hotspot uh, and and that's all I've got, and I've got like two and a half gig over here, and five gig down in the house. And when that's gone, or if I go over, dude, it's like hellfire and brimstone comes down upon my head because <laughs> it's ten dollars a gig. Oh, so when I when I do a show, when I when I get ready to upload the show mm-hmm. after I post produced and everything, I either go up to my local church and sit in the parking lot, and, and you know, tag onto their DSL. Or I'll go up to my wife's business in town, you know, thirty minutes from here, and and log in and, and shoot it up from there. So it's it hasn't been easy. It's still not easy, but you know, I decided I wanted to do this, and I was going to figure out how to do it. You just you just kind of get used to living without it, and when you're in town, you take advantage of your time there, which means you know, taking your laptop along with you.
0: Well, uh, one of the things you had sent me an email. Uh, about, and I was like, oh, cool, you got to come on the the show, is uh, It's Faux Time uh, has a sponsor. And I was like, uh, this is cool, because you've been in it about 14 months, looks like you started back in April 2014. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's cool. So just kind of give us the story of, you know, did you have a a sponsor when you first started? How did you go about finding one? Uh, I don't really need to know the the dollar amount unless you want to share that, but uh, I'm not looking to get in your wallet. And uh, just walk us through that whole process of how you secured a sponsor.
1: It's really a crazy story. I listened to to a lot of your podcast. I guess I, I could call me a binge listener there at the beginning. And I thought to myself, it, it, coming from a radio perspective, I didn't just want to talk and not have a break in the middle of the program. I wanted something to kind of give me a break in the show, even if it was just, you know, a 30 second spot. So it turns out that there's a, amateur radio supply company in paris texas and it's, it's a mom and pop kind of a place that a man and wife run together and it happens that the lady is a former former radio gal and has this just tremendous radio voice
0: amateur radio 15.com presents FOTime, time the other ham radio podcast sponsored by main trading company Find them online at mtcradio.com. Now, here's your host, kale Nelson, K4CDN.
1: So, I approached them. Now, they didn't know me from anybody. I had done some business with them, very little business with them, you know, might I add. But I contacted them one day and said, hey, I'm Cale, and you don't know me, and that's okay. But I'm going to start a podcast about amateur radio, and I'd like to have you sponsor my show. And... They come back, well, what does something like that cost? And, hey, nice to meet you. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, for the first six months or so, if I can get her to record my intros, my outros, and my breaks, we'll just call it even. And then we'll look and see if it's still beneficial to you guys, see if, you know, see if you can see any business coming to you or whatnot because of the, you know, being connected to the program and go from there. So she recorded exactly what I asked her to record, and it sounds great. And she's just recently re-recording now as we go into our season two. So she recorded the stuff. I, I started playing it, and it, it worked out great. They were very, uh, very open to the program. And apparently, they started seeing some growth in their business as well from the show. Because uh, a few months later, I approached them. I said, "Okay, I think we've kind of run out the, <laughs> we've kind of run out the voiceover help. Uh, can you guys, you know, toss me some bones?" And and they did, which was great. And and then all of a sudden, my show exploded and grew about seven times what it had started initially over about nine months. And I came back to them and I said, "You know, this is the industry average. I could really use some help." Uh, financially here. Can you help me here? And well, we're not really sure. That's kind of more than we wanted to spend. Uh, and then, th- then the gentleman that owns the business came back and said, wait a minute, we've got, we sell products by these vendors here in the sh- in the store and they will provide funding for us to promote their products. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to pay you, okay, and you will mention their products in their in your program on a segment break or whatnot, and then point the listener to our show to buy those products. Nice. And at the end of the month, if you'll send us a CD for company A and a different CD for company B, then we'll get the money back from them and we're, we're just going to be passing money back and forth. So really it's not costing them anything. Right. And the the two companies that are are involved in this are two of the three largest amateur radio equipment manufacturers in the world. There's the big three. There's Kenwood, there's Yesu, and Icom. And Icom and Kenwood will now be, in air quotation marks here, sponsors of my podcast. So not only do I have like a centralized sponsor, the main trading company, mtcradio.com in Paris, Texas, I also now have two of the largest ham radio manufacturers, again, air quotation marks, sponsoring my program. So I can say that hey, this guy's listening to my show, and he's thinking, oh, man, I'm such a Kenwood fanboy. I love Kenwood radios. All of a sudden, Kel says, this segment is sponsored by Kenwood. So it kind of adds some some street cred to the show. Uh, and, and I had no idea this was coming. I mean, this was totally out of the blue. And uh, not only that, they are actually giving me more than I'd initially asked for. So nice. Pretty excited about it. Yeah.
0: So just to uh, uh, to clarify here, when you started with your sponsor, you had no
1: downloads yet? No, no. I didn't have a podcast. I had an idea. Hey, I'm Kel. I'm starting a podcast. And uh, they didn't know who I was. I mean, from, from Adam. And like I said, the, initially, it was not a monetary exchange. It right. was, you give me your voice. But I mean, even that, if you think about it. I mean, that's that's her gift. That's what she can contribute. She's made a living using her voice. So she's going to tie her voice, her investment in her her annunciation and whatnot into my program. They took a big step, but, uh, you know, we have, we have a, a lot in common, their family and my family. And, uh, it, it just worked out beautifully, man. And, but again, I mean, I, even with my overconfidence, I don't know that I would have gone to one of the larger retailers and said, Hey, I'm this dude in South Carolina who lives on a farm who wants to talk about amateur radio. I don't know if I'd have gone down that road, but. But that's, they, cater, they cater to my avatar. This well, company does. And it just works. It's just beautiful.
0: Well, see, to me, that's the beauty of it is, yeah, you're not going to get a Walmart to come on a little local show. Uh, but that's where you, you find basically Walmart's competitors. Yep. And it's the little mom and pop shops that that uh, they're going to say, hey, you're a mom and pop shop, too. You know, you're not uh, we can't afford radio. We can't afford TV. But, uh, hey, you've got our target audience. And you come up with a connection, and uh, obviously it's working because they decide to pay you more than you asked for. So, (laughs) how about that? That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely cool. Now, when you point people, are you just giving out their website, or is there any kind of special landing page, or how how are you tracking, uh, or how is in this case your sponsor? Are they doing anything to
1: to track? They, this, haven't okay. they haven't yet. They uh, haven't yet. And I've encouraged them to. I said, you know, let's let's make sure it's worth your while. Yeah. Uh, so we're kind of working that out. Like I said, they're, they're a family-run business like my wife and myself run. And, and that, I mean, you know, you run the School of Podcasting and about 18 other shows. So you know how it is to have all that stuff happening. Yeah. So they're, we're trying to work out, hey, can you give me a link? Can you give me a page? Just somewhere that, that you can see that traffic is actually coming from the FOTIME podcast.
0: Yeah, something or a a coupon or something. to to,
1: Right. And we've done that. And now we've done that in the past. A few weeks ago, he called me. I was on the lawnmower and I have a lot of grass to cut. (laughs) And he he said that, uh, hey, we're going to knock another $200 off this radio. And it's going to be it's going to cost less now than it ever has in the history of its release from any other vendor in the in the world. So I ran right up here and here to the barn, covered in dust. It was terrible, you know, smelled really bad, and, and knocked out like a two and a half minute commercial podcast, if you will. Yeah, uploaded it from the house and burnt the bandwidth, but it was worth it because for my listeners who were interested in this product, I mean, it's a fifteen hundred dollar radio. Wow, and they ha- they had it for, which I mean, they make them nine and ten, twelve thousand dollars. But this is a re- this was a really nice radio, and, and the discount made it as inexpensively as it had available as it ever been. And uh, they sold a handful of them because of that. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome.
0: Well, speaking of that, what if somebody wants to get into, now I keep calling it ham radio, you keep calling it amateur radio. If I call it ham radio, is that like offensive or something? <laughs>
1: no, it, it's, it's one for one. Um, okay. Ham radio is like the nickname. Uh-huh. Amateur radio is like the professional name. And, and how can you be a professional amateur, right? But, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of, and, and I'll, I'll say this too, ham is not an acronym. It doesn't stand for anything. So you don't have to write it in all capital letters or anything. It's uh-huh. just a nickname of the hobby. Well, what's it cost to get into,
0: if, you know, if somebody wants to get into amateur radio.
1: It's, uh, it's very inexpensive and it's a lot easier than it's ever been in the past, which is really how I was able to do it. Uh, it's 15 bucks to take a test. Usually 15, sometimes it's 17. Uh, your tests are given by your local uh, bodies of amateur or ham radio operators. You can buy some gear for, for less than 100 bucks. You can be only the air licensed with gear to talk to folks from all over your lo- local area. So the hardware is how much? Well, I uh, the Chinese have really made it easy for folks to get into the amateur hobby now. Okay. Uh, it used to be that a, a handy talkie or a walkie talkie mm. would cost upwards to two or $300. Uh, the Chinese have decided, hey, we make these handy talkie walkie talkies for business people, but we can also play with the insides a little bit and open them up for amateur radio use. And we can sell them to you for a nice $29 on Amazon with free shipping. Holy cow. It's, it's insane. That is it's cool. It's totally insane. Wow. I mean, the bigger gear you can you can get for $500, you can get on the air and talk all over the world. I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: When you started FOTIME, from the the time you thought, you know, I should start a podcast. You know, you heard Ken Blanchard to the time of, you know, April. Uh, how long of time did you spend, like, getting ready to get ready?
1: <laughs> Just a couple of months. I mean, it didn't take long. Like I said, I binge-listened the School of Podcasting. I, I It took me a little while to figure out the whole Libsyn media hosting thing, but once that kind of got plugged in and uh, found some help with my artwork, because I, 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 where am I going to... How am I... My, my Dell laptop's 11 years old. You know, how am I going to do that? So, yeah, I, I'm podcasting with an 11-year-old laptop, but Podcasting Design helped me out there, and um, it just... I mean, it was just a matter of just a very short time. Probably being in the radio in the past really helped. Uh, it probably gave me some um, confidence. Yeah, 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 probably too much confidence, what my <laughs> wife would say. But yeah, you know, you you have those things. But the thing about it is, before I got in the radio station, I had never. The only radio I had ever participated in was talking to my buddies on the CB deer hunting. So it wasn't like I had any formal training. You know, some of us just have different gifts, and and apparently one of mine could be considered talking, and it just kind of worked out.
0: Fourteen months looking back, if you had to do it all again, anything you'd change?
1: The name. (laughs) The name. I would so change the name. Now, I don't really know what I would call it, but then again, I didn't know what to call it in the beginning. So, uh, the name, uh, would probably be the number one thing. Uh, I didn't embrace Skype very early because of my fears with my, um, my, my connectivity issues. So some of my early episodes were recorded with a phone patch. You know, and that bothers a lot of people, but my, my view of it was, you know, you listen to Limbaugh, you listen to anybody on the radio, they're talking to people through phone patches every day and they've got millions of listeners. And I was like, you know what? As as ham radio operators, we're listening through the static all the time. So, who cares if it's a phone patch kind of a thing? But we've been you know we've improved that. I, I've got some guys that help me technology uh, with the technology end of things, uh, and some of them are on the show, and some of them are background players. I hate to say it, but it does take a village to really make it work.
0: <laughs> but that's a great point when you talk about you know phones. I'll, I'll be the first to say, oh, I'm I'm not mm, don't know if I'm down with listening to a phone all the time. But on the other hand. It's like you said, your listeners, your target
1: audience is used to listening through static. So they oh, might yeah. be going, this sounds awesome. You know, so. Well, well, until now, uh, <laughs> just a few weeks ago, a listener called and said, Kel, you fell out of Skype a couple of times during your interview. Yeah. Like, Thanks. You know, I live on a farm, dude. Exactly. Welcome to <laughs> Skype. That's, that's the way it works. I think they're spoiled now. Tell
0: me about modernchristianmen.com.
1: ModernChristianMen.com is an idea. Uh, it was a, uh, a ministry birthed in me. Uh, I've, I've had for years a desire to serve men in the Christian community. Uh, probably going back, uh, even past the radio, I was involved in, in, uh, establishing a, a, a local chapter of the modern, uh, the Christian Motorcyclist Association. Um, back before I had kids and I could ride motorcycles, it was, <laughs> I could afford to own a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, so, I was called to ministry years ago about 11th, about when I was in 11th grade about 1990 1991 somewhere in there and I've kind of dabbled in it and I know that's a really bad term when you talk about ministry to dabble um but uh God's given me some great opportunities in the past and this podcast really foot time it started as uh, you know talking to my buddies on my amateur radio website um uh, but at the same time I began Having the desire to podcast for men in Christian sense. And, uh, it's some, something that I'm getting ready to do. Of course, this has been like a year now that I've been getting ready to do. But once photo time got going and, and running along good, and I, I began to, to be more comfortable with the technology and, and how to get it up on the air and, and how to, you know, swap things around and use audacity. Thanks to Daniel. Um, you know, it, it's something that I, I've just really got to take that final step and start doing doing the episodes and it, it's a show that's going to be uh, in my in my vision of the program it's uh taking Christianity uh, back to the listener and and trying to remove some of these things that society tells us is how a, a, a Christian man should be and get back to what uh, the scripture actually says about men and their Christianity and and how we live that out in life not succumbing to the societal ills that tell us how to act as a Christian, but to get back to the, the base, the root, and live that out in our lives. Well,
0: Cale, uh, buddy, I thank you so much for taking the time, and I, I thank you so much for, for burning your bandwidth at this point, for uh, taking time to share your story. And uh, you can, again, find uh, Kale over at It's Faux Time. Now, Fo is just F-O.
1: it'sfotime.com. Yep. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Dave, thanks for having me, and the bandwidth gets burned every Monday morning anyway, so let's just burn some more today. Thank you for having me. So, what
0: did we learn from this? Well, number one, uh, get yourself a barn. (laughs) That would be cool. Uh, I have one. It's just an office. There's no hay on the ground here, but uh, it helps if you have a dedicated podcasting room. Now, obviously, not everybody can do that. But the other one here is when you first start out, you look, you... If you try to go too big for people, right, if I try to go get Guitar Center to sponsor my music podcast, that might not work. But if there is a local little business, little music store that has a website, they might be interested in sponsoring your show. You never know. And what did Kale do? Oh, that's right. He asked. He asked. Now, we talked about media kits today. Those are great to have so that you can pull them out at the drop of a hat. But obviously these these people didn't ask, how many downloads do you have? Because he'd say like, well, none, it doesn't exist yet. But he had their target audience. This is the power of the niche or the niche, take your pick. So you don't have to go for the big sponsors. In fact, it may make more sense to go for a smaller one. Because number one, big, big companies, oh my goodness, they take forever to make a decision on anything because you're not dealing with the decision maker. They got to go through the associate pr- producer, the uh, the big shot, smarty pants, vice president of original thinking who then has to go to the CEO who it just goes crazy. And 12 years later, they come back and say, no, we can't sponsor your podcast. So it might make more sense to go to a smaller company that has access to a website. Cause again, your podcast is global. And so they can get, orders from all over the place. So that was the one I thought, hmm, that might be something. Also, notice what he did. He started off by developing that relationship. Let's just test the waters and see if this is going to work because you want it to be a win-win. You want it to be a win-win. You don't want to go, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to totally skewer this guy. These guys are going to pay way too much money than they should be for the... No, you want them to get a good return on their investment and you want to get a cool... Little bit of spending cash in your pocket. So, again, you don't have to get a sponsor for your podcast. Feel free to podcast for free and enjoy it with your friends and things like that. But I thought Kale had a really interesting story and in the fact that uh, if you get the right sponsor and the right um, topic, there are people that are just going to go, Wow, you've got my target audience. And they're going to say, Okay, and work with them. These people partnered with Kale basically to get him more money and in the end everybody wins. Why? Because everybody is benefiting. So, thank you Kale so much. Again, uh, check him out at itsfo that is f o time.com. And as we head towards the door, don't forget you can get a discount off your first month and really every month at the School of Podcasting using the coupon code listener that's l i s t E-N-E-R. If you have an, a name and an idea for your podcast, send me an email with the subject line Quick Start. And how this works is you can order web hosting through my affiliate link. I earn a commission, and my way of saying thank you for that is, A, you get a free month at the School of Podcasting. And I will actually install WordPress for you and some plugins to kind of get your website The the bare bones foundation of it up. Obviously, from there, you have to put in the content and the pictures and things of that nature. And I also want to let you know that I uh, recently moved the School of Podcasting to a new web host. I'm using WP Engine. If you're interested in them, check out schoolofpodcasting.com slash WP Engine. And that may mean that a lot of the back episodes are going to be seen as new and they might download. And if that is the case, my apologies for that. but I uh, just want to let you know that if that is the case, my apologies. But all the problems of the website—it seemed to have. I, this is with one day under my belt here under the new host, seemed to have faded away. I know in the past I would be writing a uh, a a bit of show notes, and it would disconnect, all sorts of weird things, and uh, that seems to have gone away. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that everything is going okay. But if they, if all of a sudden you got a bunch of back catalog downloaded. My apologies for that. But that is going to do it for this edition of The School of Podcasting. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next week, class is dismissed. Take care. God bless. I hope to see you on the inside. If you like what you hear, then go tell somebody. If you like what you hear, then go tell. And, and so you got involved with that and just like, oh, this is cool. And that's, I guess the... Um, this will be edit point number one, because I'm trying to figure out what I'm asking you. This is where you get to see the behind-the-scenes stuff, where oh, Dave, okay. Dave can't figure out what he's talking about. Um